0: Hi, I'm Ruri and welcome to Undamaged Goods, a podcast created to give inner-city young people, especially those out of mainstream school, a platform to voice their opinions and tell their stories. I worked in social services for several years and I'm now a brand consultant working within the film, music and arts industries. It's time to bring my two worlds together. Through the voice of the young people and my special guests. I hope to support in educating the general public and put right the systemic wrong that's been created over the years around certain communities and the youth of today. For this series, I'm in an alternative provision in London, the Hackney Boxing Academy. Welcome back to Undamaged Goods. Today, uh, we have three special guests with me. We have Kevin.
1: Hi, how are you doing?
0: And Jonathan.
1: Hi, how are you doing?
0: Who were previously at the Boxing Academy, at Hackney Boxing Academy, and we also have Ed Scrine, who is actor, writer, painter, rapper, producer, everything. Director. (laughs) Director. (laughs) Anything else I'm missing on that
2: list? (laughs) No, that's that's all the official. I was like,
0: what else is there? Do you know what? I actually forgot to bring the print out that I did earlier, and this is me just writing it down quickly. Let's see how much so, you remember. So, And also, I think I've got a lot of them down there. Right. <laughs> um Thank you guys so much for coming on the podcast today. So as you guys are aware, you know, we've been doing the podcast with co-hosts, um, with current students from the Boxing Academy, mm. which has been really, really great. And I think what's really interesting today is kind of get that perspective from you guys, Um, who have previously been here. But also, I just think it'd be nice to kind of have a full discussion, again, on the education system, like, come back to that, but from your perspective, from it being in the past and not kind of being in it so much right now. Ed, how was your schooling? What was school like for you?
2: I mean, I wouldn't go back for anything. (laughs) I, I i you know my school was quite a um I went to school in North London my school was quite a um liberal kind of school kids came from all round it wasn't like now where you have catchment areas of like two streets there were kids coming from it was in Moswell Hill and people coming from Wood Green Tottenham Edmonton you know all, all of the surrounding boroughs um so kids people would travel a long way and and it was a yeah it was a proper kind of multicultural school in, in many ways it was good because it was like there was a lot of art and stuff there that was good for me but I just remember you know school to me is just like either picking on someone else or getting picked on you know what I mean It's just the whole hierarchy of it and you know all of, all of the um, the kind of pressures that come with school you know and just feeling like feeling like it was um there was a big gulf between the teachers and, 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 and the students, and yeah, I mean, I kind of got through it rather than enjoyed it. And and I did, I, you know, I, I came out with like a lot of season stuff, so I passed. You know, that's all I was trying to do was just pass. And then um, there was just only one subject I was any good at, and that was art.
0: Okay. And were you still in that area? Like, what was primary like, if you can think?
2: <laughs> primary school was fun. Yeah, primary school was fun. It was all bulldog and. It and, you know, yeah, it was fun. You know, I definitely wasn't really aware of, like, the opposite sex. I weren't thinking about, like, bullying. I weren't thinking about fighting. I wasn't thinking about smoking, drinking, all this stuff that you just mm. don't even, doesn't even, it doesn't even exist to you. So, actually, yeah, I, I look back on primary school. Yeah, it was it was fun.
1: My primary life was as fun as I can remember. Like, I always talk about it with my friends. Even speaking on it now, I still remember certain things, that as if it happened yesterday mm-hmm. your face lit up
2: as soon as you was talking about Ramson. yeah it's like can <laughs> <laughs> us imagine I like, it yeah I rate that but it's just a thing mm-hmm.
1: where yeah same way it's like a lot of things that you're exposed to as you transition from primary to secondary you, it doesn't come in your head mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter where you live I just depend I always see it as the circumstance that you're surrounded in yeah so for me anyway um, I'm talking for myself I can't really speak on the mm-hmm. population for me I had quite a decent upbringing even moving on to the secondary is just me I was quite an opportunist you're trying to say so Mm. I kind of looked at certain things and not wouldn't I wouldn't say take advantage of it but if no one was doing it I would have done it if that makes sense so any gap that needed to be filled I was kind of the person filling it so if there was let's say no one speaking in the classroom I wouldn't necessarily speak but I feel like the, the silence needs to be broken if that makes sense so moving on to like year eight you'll the same way you wouldn't really be as exposed to like let's say different drugs, I would say, different type of genders, different type of walks of life. So when these stuff do start to appear in your life, mm-hmm. you almost have to adapt quite rapidly. Because if not, it's almost like, I wouldn't say you're getting left behind, but if everyone else starts adapting, then you're almost going to be like the outcast, if that makes sense. And yeah, I kind of started not getting drawn out, but kind of trying to find myself like where I stand. And then I'll start getting into low-level disruptions, low-level sorts of like, let's say misbehaving sort of thing and then they was offering me a a place in another school believe it or not um up in Stamford Hill for me it was quite a distance I didn't really like the area so I declined it and I went to the learning trust myself Mm. so I kind of saw this opportunity about the boxing academy and I just wanted to go with it I wasn't hearing another option so I went to the woman I told her the situation and I always give it to I always look at the life this way because I always see it as opportunity and outcome. Mm-hmm. My opportunity was there, I declined it, but there's still another door that was open, which was the Boxing Academy. Yeah. For me, it was the best outcome of that scenario. So I always look at it as a blessing in disguise. And for me, it was, it's, I'll never look at it as anything bad. So it's just a thing where...
0: So what... Uh, sorry, just to go back a bit. So what happened... So you basically started to cause it you were just being disruptive in every class
1: i was even if the thing is
0: disrupted you get asked for disruptive it was, behavior
1: disrupting wasn't even the best word to describe it <clears throat> i'll kind of say just being bored like you're trying to say it. it's yeah. like i wouldn't even disrupt the class or whatever it's it's mainly like i just wouldn't comply there was always a like i always had a thing in my head like di- like this just wasn't right if that makes sense and the educational yeah. system for me Although it's set up structurally it's it's for majority of the kids that's how they look at it mm. they're not going to take the minority into mm. perspective i just don't, until... for me
0: though this is what winds me up the most mm. is that it's not for the majority it's, you think not, it's not no i don't oh, think dear. it's for the majority um, i don't think there's hardly any young people that really really learn effectively with the way the way it is at the moment i think our secondary mm. i think primary are getting it a bit and there's a lot of free flow that was introduced in the EYFS and the, like, early years curriculum, Mm. which is quite cool because it's all about learning through play. Love that. Like, Mm. yeah, that should be the case. But then when we come to secondary, we've got it so wrong. It's actually sit at that desk, listen to the teacher that's in front of you, Mm. and then that's it. And I just... There's very, very, very few young people and, like... Growing up, I even know how many of us struggled in a class. Mm. And my classes weren't massive. And I had kids jumping out the window at the back oh, and like dear. running around the building, come back in, winding the teachers up. But I like, you know, and that, mm. you know, that was a private school. That was private education. So it doesn't matter. Do you know, it's still not being met because it's just dated. Yeah, yeah no, I, feel,
2: I feel like, you know, the use of the word majority—that can still be fifty-one percent. Mm. You know what I mean? And it's like That's you got, actually true. you got almost yeah. half the class that can't concentrate, that got ants in their pants or whatever, you know, and um, and just won't won't thrive and won't 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 do well out of it, and in fact will will come to like resent education and and resent authority and, and and stuff like that, you know. But then yeah, you got fifty-one percent who go off and they're all right, you know, they're they're yeah. But yeah, it's um.
0: But it's restricted as well. I think. What, yeah. You know what's in the standard curriculum is so restricted. Yeah, definitely. Like, like you were saying, your love of art.
2: Yeah, the, the the person, the te the first teacher that gave me any kind of self esteem in school, I might not even say her name to follow this to follow this story on, but she was amazing, and she was my art teacher in I think year nine, and I remember, in like year ten, I would stay behind in lunchtime and after school and, and and do my do painting and stuff like that and it's like you know I wasn't even yeah I definitely wasn't doing that in any other classes yeah definitely and I wouldn't even think twice about it you know it's only now I realize wow she had me doing that that's amazing so anyway when I think it was about 5 years ago I thought to myself do you know what I want to get in contact with her I want to tell her how great she was to me so I've, I actually ended up contacting her I went to her house a husband, who I remember, who was a like a sculptor or something, and their kids were there, who I remembered because they were like babies when when we were in school, and I was just like, yeah, thank you so much, and it was so sad because she said to me, you know what? I look back and I love those times. She said when we used to walk into the classroom, she'd be like, it was a real holistic approach. Ooh. She was like, what? What do they feel like they need? We would chat for five minutes. She'd be like, what do they feel? What, what do I feel like they need? You know? Oh, you know what? Let's just do conceptual stuff today Nah, no, you know let's do mark making let's do this or that and she would gauge it and, and we would thrive off that but what was sad is she said that now she feels like she's being kind of forced out of education because she's like she, her hands are tied to the curriculum mm-hmm. so she can't teach yeah. young people in the way she used to teach us and she was like yeah I, I honestly i know it's sad but like uh, uh, she wanted to leave the the teaching profession and for me i'm just sitting there thinking. I've spent the last 20 years holding you in this golden position, remembering what you gave to me, thinking, oh, that's so positive. You're giving that to other people. And then now I'm hearing that you feel like you're being basically run out of it and squeezed out of it. You know, what a loss to the education system, how how different my self-confidence and self-esteem and my careers may have been yeah. if I didn't have her and her positivity, you know, and her freedom to to, to teach what she wanted. It's sad. That is sad. Mm.
0: I think, you know, that comes into so many other industries as well. Just think about social services and the fact you've got to go get a master's in order to get... They do have training um, routes that you can do. But mainly to become a social worker, you need to go get a degree. So you can either get the three years or you do one degree and then you do the master's. And I just, for me, that was so... When I actually then, after I graduated and I was working in APs and pupil referral units, I just kind of was like, it's so wrong. That 100%. whole way is so wrong because the best people actually for this job are maybe the people that left school after their GCSEs. Mm-hmm. or But this is writing all of that demographic of person off. And yeah, it's quite sad, and I think it's the same as teaching. Mm. It's going to write off all the creative teachers that can be creative and keep kids, you know, their imaginations going and Mm. keep them enthusiastic about the subject. Um,
2: Who would have thought I'd be sitting here feeling sorry for the teachers?
0: (laughs) I do. Yeah, Yeah. I do feel sorry for the teachers, though.
3: Yeah, I do.
0: Jonathan, what what was your kind of experience and journey with? Your
3: education? So in primary school, it was just mainly you're a kid. You don't really know what's going on around you. But for me, it's kind of like, I always had issues with my emotions and stuff like that. So from, from primary school, I was getting in trouble, um, getting angry, having outbursts, fits of anger, fits of rage. But the way it was dealt with, it was kind of like, well, he's going to grow out of it. But that didn't end up happening. I ended up going to secondary school. And by the time I was 11, 12, I was in the people referral unit. I got permanent excluded from school. That's like year seven or eight. Yeah, roughly year seven or eight. Mm. Um, I remember just thinking, yeah, there's nothing else for me. This is this is the last straw. Like, I've just got kicked out of school and it doesn't look like I'm going back anytime soon. But I felt like the way that it was handled, it was kind of like, well, he's getting angry, so angry for no reason. Well, there must be something wrong with him. But they never actually took the time to speak to me and find out what was actually going on. So you never
0: investigated it?
3: There was a lot going on. There was a lot going on. Mm. Um, I remember the first time getting kicked out of school. And and then after that, I started getting into situations outside of school and stuff like that. And then going back to my pupil referral unit, it's kind of like, well, I've got, you've got students that are just like me, that have like, um, problems with their emotions and stuff like that, all in the same classroom. That's highly volatile. And I remember loads of situations, arguments, fights and that breaking out because of this. And it was kind of like, where would it end? I remember getting sent around from pre-profile unit to AP after AP before I landed at the Boston Academy. And I never went back to mainstream school, even though I thought I was going to. I was promised many times that, yeah, we're going to put you forward to go back to mainstream school and stuff like that. But I know for a fact now that it was a good thing that I didn't go back to mainstream school. Because Mm -hmm. if I went back to mainstream school, I wouldn't have noticed everything that I was doing wrong and the things that I needed to change. So when I ended up here, I found my newfound love for boxing and sports. And as Ed said, art was a good way for me to release a lot of my emotions and stuff like that. I wouldn't want to look at it as a thing where what could have happened if I never ended up here. Because I know the road that I was going down and the path Mm -hmm. that I could have led to. But I'm just taking in the blessings, thanking everyone for everything that's happened to me and the steps that I've taken to become the person I am today. Because look at me three, four years ago, and most teachers could tell you I was a completely different person than I am now. And that person was not someone that I would like to take into the real world. I would not like to take that person out into the general population or the public and stuff like that. I wouldn't know how how I would react with certain people. I always had the issue with authority, especially... Um, teachers, especially those teachers that like to raise their voice and shouting and stuff like that. From time you're shouting at me, that's where I'm like, yeah, cool. So it's it's changed from that dynamic of you being my teacher to now someone that I'm in argument with. So I'll argue back, I'll push, I'll push back against you and stuff like that. And that's where my problem really lied. My emotions, um, my problems with authority, pushing people away. I didn't like to open up.
2: So do you feel like you learnt because it's really positive to hear you talk so maturely and objectively about yourself and and your experiences? Do you feel like you learnt that in real time, or do you feel like do you feel like since you've left, you've been able to kind of analyse your 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 growth here at the boxing academy?
3: I would say since I left, I've been able to look at it with clearer eyes because I'm not in the environment anymore, but when I was here the first the first year was literally very difficult pushing the teachers away i didn 't want no one to interact with me i didn 't want to i didn 't want to change mm. but it's that it's that feeling of wanting to change yeah. that I needed when I started getting into the sports aspects more, and I realized that this is something that I want to do for the rest of my life. This is something that I want to build a career out of that 's when I realized that I need to take these steps to start changing so my final year here at the academy, that's when I kind of like started taking a more calm approach, trying to understand my emotions a bit more. But then when I finally left school and I wasn't in the environment anymore, it's kind of like the little things Mm. that would get me into trouble. Mm. That's what I started to notice about myself. Started to see my triggers, what would work me up and other things like that. So then from time I could see the triggers is when now I know how to de-escalate the situation and not allow those triggers to build up the emotions within myself. So I would say a good aspect of it was being in it and having people that were supporting me and when I finally allowed them in, that's when I could feel the relief of my chest because it's not just me anymore. The situation is not just on my shoulders. Mm. They have taken up this burden or this responsibility of helping me out. So the least I could do is help them help me.
0: So you, and you came to that by yourself through the support of the Boxing Academy and through the physical, like, basically having the exercise and boxing, I guess. Yeah. So that you haven't, like, that wasn't through therapy or that wasn't through...
3: No, because I've I've been everywhere. I've been to see youth workers, Mm. um, just support workers, stuff like that. And it was just kind of like the basic people, the people that have gone to university and done this for many years and they feel like they can understand what's going on inside my head but really and truly you wouldn't understand anything that i've been through unless you've been in these that same situations
0: mm-hmm.
3: Is you can't just i um, i say this a lot you can't just come out of school and then try and understand someone that hasn't gone down the same path as you and i feel like at the academy mainly a lot of the pod leaders that work with us they've been down that path they've experience some of the things that we've experienced so it's easier to talk to them because i don't want to turn around and speak to someone that doesn't know what i'm talking about yeah. about stuff that i've done and have them judge me yeah the main thing about it for me as well especially opening up is that judgment because i've done a lot of things that i'm not proud of and to have that person that's not going to judge me and sit in front of me and actually understand me and say you know what it's all right look i was in the same position as you and you Look at where I am now. There is a road, there is a road out of it. Mm-hmm. To have that person there, that's what helped me a lot. That's what I would
2: say. I feel like the way you're talking, it's like now you're you're talking like one of those people. You're talking like an elder. You're talking like someone who should be teaching and passing this stuff on. You're talking like somebody with experience that you would have. Respected, if they spoke to you when you were younger, most definitely. So, like, I really hope that you can, you know, make it work for yourself and, you know, others to 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 help. You yeah, know what big I mean? thing to of, give back.
3: The big thing that I want to do in the future is work with young people that have been through the same things that I've been through, because I know for a fact, hands on, hands on is the person that's actually experienced it. Is the way is the only person that could actually get through mm. to the kids that are living in it now. Yeah. So I know for a fact that when I'm older and I have more experience under my belt, I want to work with young people and help them realise, because a lot of young people nowadays, they just think that, yeah, once you leave school or once you get in trouble and stuff like that, it's the end. Yeah. There's always a road up. You You just need to be willing to find.
0: Yeah, I think even with some of the discussions we've been having on the podcast in the earlier episodes, you know, what we were talking about is how difficult it is. When you're when you're in those years, so it's easy now. You know, once you've you got yourself out and you've had the right network around you, which is amazing. But I think even with the young people we we're speaking to, it's like when you're stuck in it, mm. it's very difficult to get out.
3: When you're stuck um, in it, you don't really see it. Yeah. When, when well, you're in deep, you can't yeah. see the. um All you're seeing is. Rewards, you're not really caring about the risks because you're in the moment. Unless you actually someone takes you out of that environment and puts you to the side, and that like, look, mm. this is where you could end up. Because I never had that,
2: yeah,
3: someone to tell me, like, look, this is where you could end up if you continue going down the path that you're going down. Mm. If I knew back in year seven or year eight that I was going to get a screen yeah. from school down the line, I would have changed some steps for in order for that not to happen, yeah, yeah.
2: See, I see, I hear you. But I've had situations like you know, obviously, it's been like twenty years since I was a teenager, and so I've been try- I've been like really uh, there's there's a lot of uh, I've been trying to like school and you know yeah. give advice to a lot of, a lot of um, young people in my life, and um, so much of the time it seemed like they were listening, man. Yeah. And they weren't, you know, and they're catching big birds and all types of mad stuff is happening. It's just messed up. So. When you said, "Oh, I wish someone had told you like what if I would have told you in year seven if this true. white guy who or this actor or whatever, yeah, if I come to you, yeah, and I say, Trust me, you know, I tell you everything that's a hundred percent true that you know now, even if you intellectually agree with me and you think i I get what you're saying, you're gonna go." yeah but these are my friends this is what I do this is my circle this is my block this is what I do you're in movies you can do whatever you want bruv you can come in here and kick game to me now but so what you don't know about my life you know what I'm saying Yeah. so that's why I feel it's even more important the way you're talking about it because I feel like in year 7 you may not have listened to me now even if we're saying the same things but you listen to you now yeah right so that's the power that you have you know, it's true. Yes. I
1: feel like also some of the young people in their circumstances are scared to ask for help due to the appearance they might perceive mm-hmm. or what other people might think of them. Like I wouldn't necessarily be myself, but I only started asking for help quite late. But I feel like it was at the right time as well because if I did sooner, I don't know where I would have been now. And what was so, it you were scared? Of? Was it like pride or scared? Of, I think it's just a pride thing. To be honest, um, mm-hmm. my area it's not the best. It's not the worst as well. But me, I was just spiraling, do you know, what I'm trying to say it's a thing where I, like one thing just leads to the next and then it just keeps progressing. So my hands were quite full at a young age. And it's a thing where even coming to boxing, it's like the help or the time they invest into you as a young person. I feel like is so special, it's so crucial because yeah. in another environment for other people, I don't know if they get the same treatment. As you would in another environment, you're know, trying to say even, especially in the mainstream school. I feel for a lot of the people out there because they also have to prove along their peers, the teachers. They have a lot to to prove at their age. For me, I'm not even that far gone. I'm still 20. I still see people in my area that's that they they're going through their phase. But it's a thing where you kind of have to go through it. Mm. Although this might sound as bad as it is, but mm. you kind of have to go through it to outgrow it. If that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like I had enough. Like I was getting sick of myself because where I was, the one thing that kept playing in my head. I got a job at 16 and I used to work in Central in a hotel and I was the youngest worker there. So when I used to come back, that like, let's say in the morning when I was heading out, I was so enthusiastic, like, yeah, I'm waking up, got a job, whatever. And the people around me, although I had my little friends whatnot, but it's like where I was before, like where my hands were getting tied, it's like, they were like, oh, you got a job now kind of thing. It's almost like I've let them down, Mm. you know what I'm trying to say. Mm. But it's the thing where I was better in myself now, when I'm coming back, it's like, they're still doing the same thing. Mm. And that's kind of why I wanted to change. I wanted to get out of that kind of environment. Although I'm still there, everything's still the same. Like, there's still love and whatnot, regardless. But it's a thing where, for myself, I didn't see that was the best the best part.
0: Where did you get that from? Like, where the, did that... What, did that just switch in your own mind one day? Yeah, you
1: not... Know, or I feel what, like, what
0: happened in that transition? You
1: know, it is. I feel like... I, I can only blame boxing and the youth club in my area because I wasn't really given... Although my parents and whatnot, they'll always tell me, like, Kevin, this ain't the best, whatever. Hmm. But it's a thing where once you keep hearing it, it's like, why do they keep saying it? Like, I'm, if I was giving this advice to someone and they kept rebelling against what I'm saying, me as a person, it's kind of like I'll let them do their thing. Mm. Although it's not yeah. the best thing to do, but mm. I don't have as much patience as certain other, um, other individuals. And for them to keep pushing me to keep saying, Kevin, this ain't the this ain't the best route, this ain't X, Y, Z. For me, like, I can only look back and give thanks because Mm, i don't know if i'll do the same for another youth but i still see other people trying i'll still try to help regardless but what they've done for me i felt like that's where i kind of got my mindset from because at the end of the day these people are advanced of my year they're probably like five ten years plus and if they've got to this position and they was exactly where i was standing Mm -hmm. then of course it's possible so it's a thing where i've kind of outgrown that phase if that makes sense i've kind of lived what they was talking about so i felt like that was my transition although it was quite early (laughs) I feel like it was a blessing in disguise. Yeah, That's beautiful.
2: yeah it's amazing. And yeah. even more, you know, responsibility on you to to continue that positive cycle as an elder yeah. now. Even though you know you're only fresh out of it, you're 20 years old. Yeah, it's true. But it's like with my little nephews and you know, my my my, my children are young now. Um, but like I know this, that it's coming, and all I want mm. for, for for my sons is to like get to 21, man. Just, yeah, just yeah. get to twenty one, and then because I remember after that, I, I kind of realized, oh wow, there's a whole world out here, mm. and my friends and my area is not everything, you mm. know, and before that, you know, you can't see past that. You can't see past yeah, your friends. You feel true. like your friends are, gonna, are, are more important than your, than your mum and dad. You mm. feel like they're everything, you know. And 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 I'm telling you, like I'm still friends with some of my friends from from um, school and whatnot, but not really. And they ain't really coming around giving, you know, looking after my kids and helping me out and checking how mum is when things are bad or whatever. Mm. Uh, when COVID happened, they're not calling me up and dropping packages to my sister and that. Nah. No. So, you know, it's sad. It's sad that we have to get burnt a lot of the time to um to realise this stuff. But then I like what you said about it's all love though. Afterwards. Yeah, yeah. It's like even even all those people that I'm talking about, it's like when you realize, okay, these aren't my actual brothers for life. Mm. Or rather, we're all on trial as friends. Yeah. yeah? Just like a, 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 a romantic partner is, you know, we're both on trial, mm. right? It's like, we'll see how this goes, but you don't expect it to last forever. When it's your boys. It's like, nah, man, we're going to be boys forever. Yeah. It's like, hold, it on, is, hold on yeah. a sec. Let's see how this goes. Like, give it six months and 12 <laughs> months and start acting dodgy. And it's like, before you know it, it's like, bro, I really put all my eggs and investment into those people and that person. And a lot of the time, they're the ones who are going to drag you down. You know, but it's like, yeah, again, what do you do? You know, do, what, do I, what do I say to you? You know, the, the 13-year-old you, I say, your, your friends ain't really your friends. I say, what? Who yeah. the fuck are you? Yeah. My mom used me used
3: to my say friends ain't really my friends. Yeah, my mum used to say that to me a lot. She actually did say that to me a lot. And it's kind of like, when I was 14, 15, it was hmm. kind of like, no, you can't tell me that my yeah. friends are not my friends when I'm outside with my friends, you're inside, you don't yeah. see what's going on they're outside. Back in me, they got they're backing yeah, 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 <laughs> me. They're bunch people in the face <laughs> of me. But then, I only Shoot. started to realise that some of my friends were not really my friends when I started boxing. And when I wanted to take boxing seriously, and I, I remember sitting down with someone and saying, you know what, I'm going to be a world champion one day and these are the steps I'm going to do to take it. And in order for me to take these steps, I'm not going to be hanging around here as much. I'm mm. going to be in the gym, I'm going to be doing mm. this, I'm going to be doing that. And... In that moment, the look and expressions on their face yeah, yeah. made me realise that, you know what, these are not the people I need to be hanging around with anymore.
2: They're not looking out for your welfare. Mm. Now, there might mm. be one one of them no, there might was, be your, per- your person forever. person yeah, there was, there was you know? two. There was yeah, two people.
3: There might be three. The rest of them now, yeah. I'm 80. That was when I was, what, 16? Two years two ago. Two years ago. And since then, I haven't spoken to any of them. This is what I'm saying. And they're... they're there is no love there. Anymore. That's what I'm saying. And, and things I didn't can... want to do the things that they wanted to do. Yeah,
2: and things will get even worse when you're like, okay, we're we're, we're a team, we're boys, so we're going to go and do this, we're going to make this money. Or someone said to me that we can make this money, so let's, you mm-hmm. lot come with me. Yeah. And then when I get nicked, I'm singing about you. Bro. <laughs> I'm from that, from, you know, or you're singing about me. And it's like, then I'm sitting there and I'm like, hang on a minute. How you're come I'm boys, sitting so. here, but you two got off? Well, there was no evidence for you two, but it's on me. What's <laughs> that's all that's this what about?
1: Saying. That's you know exactly how 100 is this. Like, I like, used to get nicked the most. Me and my other friend, he's doing well for himself. Like mm. it was it was annoying at a place. But the turning point for me is like, I got arrested one time, and I was in cell for three days. So I got arrested on the Friday. Um, if you get charged, you will stay there for, until the court hearing. Mm. So I was there. Um, the court opens on the Monday. So I was, they told me on the night I was going to stay for one day. Basically, twelve o'clock comes. They said, "No, nah, you can't leave." So I was kind of there just thinking, bro, When when's this, when's this court, when's the bus coming and you're trying to, say to take me to court, but you know, in, like, if you're in a confined room and you know you can't get out, all you can do is think, that's the only thing you can do, and for me, it was kind of like a breaking point, because I don't know if you've ever seen your parents cry, I don't know if it's ever happened to you, but I don't wish it upon anyone, like, that can be the worst thing that I'll ever say to anyone, but it's a thing where for me, I was like, bro, this can't be happening, and then I remember, After seeing that I had the call and then whatnot, luckily I beat that. Um, I was able to get off of that. I remember coming out, surprisingly, I got a cab um, and where the cab dropped me. I can't, you know, you have your luggage and whatnot, what what you've been arrested with. So I was walking through into my area and one guy seen me. He was like, oh, and he's congratulating me from me getting arrested. Bro, I was going, I was having like a mental breakdown in that place. And this guy's congratulating me, basically cheering me on to kind of pursue this dream. And I was thinking, bro. Like, like, what are you doing different that I don't know about? Because there, I was in hell. You're mm. trying to say, so it's a thing where I was like, but how
2: confusing is this to, to your young mind, isn't it? Yeah, like, hang on a minute. Exactly. I'm getting stripes from this. That's, I'm getting more respect to like from
0: that this that's persona, though, isn't it? That's it's the like thing. being the face and like
1: and, uh, around
0: certain people because there's no way that he was also like not having yeah. moments of thoughts that you were having. I was, but it uh, was like the image it, that he wanted to portray at that moment
1: exactly it's crazy and at 16 I don't know my area was quite I wouldn't say lit but it was quite populated with around this type of behaviour do you know what I'm trying to say so everyone was here and I was like bro I'm i am a quiet person I'm quite reserved to myself so when this attention has being brought to me I'm like it I just didn't feel natural do you know what I'm trying to say and mm-hmm. then I just kind of had to back away from that scene it's a thing where I see other people they're kind of going through that fate I just, I just feel sorry like, so sorry, because I don't know if I can even do anything to help, because I still believe, even if I say it, they're still going to be like, oh, hey, that's my boy, though. Like, he banged up this guy for me, and X, Y, Z, and...
2: Yeah, I feel like the the reality is that it probably won't work.
1: Yeah. The, but the yeah. reality is you have to say it. Yeah, that's the... You that's have to say it for man.
2: them to ignore you, because mm. you have to try. Mm. And what is it for you? It's like two minutes... Yeah, it's like a five-minute to, ...to fall on deaf ears... You know, 10 minutes, but it might make the difference. Yeah, it's You street. have to say it, man. Yeah. You have to. But I'm telling you, you're going to be 38 like me, and you're just going to be like, you're going to feel it even more. What's the point? Mm. But you have to keep keep saying it. Yeah, no. You know, but I'm, I'm bored of my own voice. I know a lot of young people that know me are bored of my voice. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they ignore me to shit, but yeah, whatever.
0: No, but you're right. I think, do you know what? And sometimes... It's just being there over and over again. So although that young person might not be listening at that time, if you are there over and over again, you're constantly Mm. there, Mm. it shows you actually do care. You are there. And when the time is right, like it might be years, (laughs) might be days, might be hours, but there will come a point point they'll kind of go, yeah, actually...
2: I'm ready to talk now. Yeah, so,
3: that's, that's, like when I started, that's like when I started here. When I first yeah. started here, I did not want to hear anything from anybody. <laughs> no one could talk to me. No one could talk to me. If you try to speak to me, yeah. I'm raising my voice. And then we're having an argument back and forward and it just led to me getting in trouble. But then when I realised that, Rah, these lot are not going away. <laughs> like, that's the thing. I'm doing everything in my power to push that's these people true. away, but these yeah. lot are down, my, down the back of my yeah. neck, breathing on my neck saying, we're not going to let you give up on yourself you're going to do something with yourself you're
1: going to change your life around this this and that and yeah. i was kind of like also wait, sorry to disrupt do you know how real it is like at one point he <laughs> can even vouch for himself. at one point i was being absent from coming to school and it, they came to my house to pick me up like that's how deep you're know trying to say yeah. for me I, I don't know if i'll ever do that for someone else i pray i do but for someone to have that much faith yeah. in one person who's i'm not even going to say i'm the best behaved kid but I was even the worst, but to, to have that investment or mm. to put that energy into one person, it's life-changing. But oh, yeah. listen,
0: even as an adult, right? Even as an adult, you like attention, okay? Even as an adult, you're going to raise your voice, you're going to throw a tantrum if something's not gone your way at times. Or, you know, we, all, we have emotions, we all have emotions. So as a kid, mm. times 20, where you don't know how to express those emotions yet, Someone turning up at your door every day and being like, no, I wanted to see you today. Come on.
1: They was bringing me to school. Yeah. Yeah, that's how it was.
0: There must have been an element of you that felt quite good. That these people (laughs) were like there though. Mm, I know what you mean. Psychologically, that like the care, you know, your inner child, the inner child child, so even younger, Mm. the inner child would have liked that and appreciated it.
1: Probably at the time I was just I, would, I wouldn't say annoyed, but I remember the first day I even ran off like, like I, remember, <laughs> I, I even tried to hide, <laughs> and I remember I bumped into one of the stairs. You weren't that good at hiding. Yeah, obviously. I was like, oh, but you just have to accept it. Like this is what these people are here for. At the end of the day, it's for me. I then, yeah. Like you're know trying to say, so yeah.
0: I think you guys just you know proof in the pudding of actually what an AP like. The boxing academy can do for Mm. young people especially those young people that maybe don't fit into you know normal the standard education system um but both of you like i'll let you guys talk about it but what you guys have achieved now is incredible so yeah we make mistakes in life but then you guys have turned that around and are doing amazing stuff and completely different as well. Mm. It's not like you both become like top mechanics or top barbers, like (laughs) those standard kind of subjects that are thrown at young people these days or go be a, you know, beauty person, whatever. Like those were the standard, you know, choices that were thrown at young people when I was working in proes and APs. It's like, no, they can do anything. You can do anything. Yeah. You could be yeah. anything. And both of you are doing completely different things. And I love that. So Jonathan, like, can you tell us a bit about like what you're doing at the moment?
3: Um, right now, I'm looking to get into some sort of like youth work, working with youth and stuff like that. I'm also doing acting and other things like that I'm in the arts department. And I'm working my way up to being a professional boxer. But right now, I just need to start my amateur career. Amazing.
0: <laughs> You've got the right people. Definitely. Right definitely. people around you, right?
3: Definitely. And it just seems like, even though not everyone that comes to the academy chooses to continue boxing when they leave, it's kind of like, boxing was a key aspect of what changed me around. I've, And I say this a lot, I feel like boxing saved my life, just having that, some, some sort of sport there that I can a sport that's not, it's not a, um, ideal. People see boxing and it's kind of like, oh, aggressive, violent, this, this and that. But it's more than that. Mm-hmm. It's discipline. Yeah. Is the is the grind. Every day, just getting up in the morning, going through those runs and training and working yourself to get to that pinnacle of athlete that you could possibly be. And it's kind of like, for me, it's that's having that a drive mm-hmm. to, to wake up in the morning and want something every day and just notice that every time I put my work into it, I'm taking one step closer. That's what, that's the, thing, that's the aspect of it that I like.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. And yeah. it's also, it's that education actually around actually how powerful the human body is yeah. and actually fighting. Mm-hmm. You know, so many young people look at fighting as this, as something you just throw around and it's, you know, it's fine. You're not playing with someone's life. Whereas actually in boxing, you learn that discipline, right? You learn the power behind a punch. You learn also, I guess, the biology of someone, your body and the other person and who you're fighting with. And it's all that knowledge, actually, that that all coming together is just magic. And it actually probably completely changed your mindset with fighting as well.
3: Yeah, I used to fight all the time, street Mm. fighting stuff like that. Just normal, like, that was just a normal thing for me every day. Like, someone speaks to me wrong, someone looks at me funny, then we're going to have an argument. Mm. And if you say something I don't like, I'm going to hit you or you're going to hit me. And then we're just going to continue going from there. Now, boxing made me realise, what people say to you doesn't really affect me anymore. Hmm. It's kind of like, the words are still there. The words can still hurt. But I know what I'm capable of. I know what I can do. I'm not going to put myself in a position to give you what you want. You want a reaction out of me. I don't. I no longer need to give you that because I know the fact that you want to react reaction that with me means that I'm already above
2: you. I feel like Amazing. I feel like that's something that people don't understand about martial arts, is that, you know, they they kind of see it as this violent, brutish thing, but, um, you know, I used to have this this coach that used to say to me, "We train hard to be soft." Yeah. You know, so we train real hard. We're doing mad stuff, but just so that we can walk around peaceful. And it's like, since I've learned how to fight, I've never wanted to get into a fight. It's like you say, it will make me walk away from a fight like, all right, cool, Mm. you know? Yeah. And like you say, you know the damage that you can do. Plus it kind of humbles you, I think, because, you know, someone will come in the gym a foot smaller than you with like, I don't know, either with a big belly or with skinny arms or whatever, that will dance around and put you on the floor. you know (laughs) because technique is 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 everything so it's like it's humbling it's empowering it's it's self-esteem it's self-confidence active meditation you know we always hear people saying like oh yeah you know you should meditate and all this and it's like we couldn't even sit still in the classroom you want us to sit you (laughs) want you want us to sit here meditating yeah you know there's there's so much positives to martial arts, and I really that's why I think what you 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 guys do here is so positive
0: yeah Kevin, what about you what's um what's going on? what are the next steps so you left the boxing academy
1: yeah, I left three to four years ago <laughs> yeah um recently I've just been uh working on the financial side of things um I've opened a business um in the financial Amazing. markets um I trade currently. Um, as a sole trader I also have a business in trading Um, my next steps moving forward I kind of want to take a bigger scale and try to provide for others so we're looking at we already have a course which you can um, purchase online or whatever to kind of give people the same steps that I've taken in order to get to where I've gone and the next step is kind of creating a hedge fund so people who don't necessarily want to learn for themselves they can just invest Um, we're trying to start an application Soon, probably around September it doesn't take a small period of time it's probably like a year probably even a year and a half but that's the next steps that I'm looking to do it's
0: amazing yeah what's think... What's the company called?
1: my company's called Royal Investments
0: amazing
1: yeah, thank you congratulations you know, thank that.
0: you yeah you guys are just amazing <laughs> 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 but yeah thank you so much all of you for coming on and thank you for your time today
1: it's been a pleasure it's been a pleasure thank you it thank was a you. pleasure
2: to to, to hear you guys talk mm. it's inspiring and um, makes me optimistic but I'll just say like make sure you just keep up that positive cycle all the people that came and knocked on your house mm. and told you all the things that you didn't want to hear yeah no, definitely and, and and all the people that were patient even when you were raising your voice and swinging or whatever yeah. you know it was worth it all the time yeah, they definitely. put into YouTube was worth it so actually it is the time now for you like, to put to Put that work into other people, man. Yeah, to continue well, yes, to life.